Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Welcome back to the message online, church online. If there is such a thing as church online, you're here. And so thanks for engaging with me today. We are in part three of a series that we started three weeks ago, titled Stand By Me. Stand By Me, it's rooted in John uh, 15, verse 4, which says, Abide in me and I will abide in you. And today we're talking about one way to be willing. The series has five points. Each weekend is a point. We're in the dead middle of it today. And so talking about abiding above everything because we know that you can do anything on the face of this earth under one condition, that condition being abiding in God. And so we've used the story of Mary and Martha out of Luke 38. It's been an amazing, uh, really, revelation and great reminder for me. This is something God's done in me, and so it's really good to be able to share with you. And so abide is this real churchy word. You Google it, you look it up, and all you see is really uh, biblical terminology or church, Christian terminology. And so kind of churchy, but abide in the definition means to accept or act in accordance with, right? A recommendation, a rule, a decision, just act in accordance with. Second one I really love, to continue without fading, or being lost, man, consistency. That's the definition of consistency right there. Consistency completes everything. And so um, when we think about abiding, what, you also co- what also comes to mind or what you find in those synonyms is to obey, to follow, to remain, remain in me and I'll remain in you, right? To adhere to, stick with, to stand by, to stand by. And that's really what we got, where we got the title for this series. And so in the Amplified Version, John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you. And the big idea behind all this is, is, is anything and everything we face in life, if we're abiding with God, if we're abiding in Jesus, it really works out to our benefit, right? Because apart from God, we can do nothing. And so abiding does not mean, however, sitting idly by and just waiting for the chips to fall where they will, right? It's really resting in the moment. It's resting in the truth. It's resting in the confidence that God is our answer, that he is our peace, that he is our provision, that he is the way the truth and the life, which is right. And because of that, the more we abide, the more his grace and his power transform us into his image, which is really what God's goal is for you and me, that we would, that we would represent Christ, that we would look like Christ, that we would show people who Jesus is, that we would build that Christ-like character that we talk about so often. And so there's this quote that, that kind of goes along with John 15, 4. It's, it's not scriptural. It's, it's, it's probably, it is a, it's a worldly quote by any means. But it says this, there is no condition of life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. We have to learn to stand by him wherever we are. And so live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you is what God's asking. That's what happens upon salvation. When we call on Jesus to be our savior, he comes in and he makes his home in us. Now he's saying, live in me as I live in you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Remain in me as I remain And you, in Luke 10, 38 through 42, is the story of Mary and Martha. And we've read it twice. And if you've been here, you get it. You get it all. Mary kind of, Martha, Mary and Martha are sisters. They both love to do things right. Martha uh, sees Jesus and the disciples come and she welcomes them into her home. And she immediately starts getting busy with details. And her sister Mary, who is typically right there beside her, sits at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says that Mary has chosen what's best. She's choosing to abide right there in that moment. And so last week we talked about being reverent 
And so for three weeks, we've been looking at the difference between Mary and Martha and how to have the right approach when it comes to our relationship with God, with Jesus, and what it means to abide above everything. What does it mean to abide above everything? And we've discovered that the root of busy is doing, and its fruit is distraction. So week one was really about doing, and we talked about relax. And week two was really about distraction, and we talked about being reverent, right? It's hard to be reverent if you're distracted all the time. And Martha's approach uh, and, and how she decides to stay busy and not be relaxed um, shows us really that we weren't made to do, we were made to be, that we're human beings. God's called us to be human beings. And so you find who you are in Jesus, not in what you do for him. It's not what you do for him, it's who you are to him. You're a son or a daughter. And John 15, 5 says, you are the vine. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. When you stay connected to the source and you believe everything you are comes from him who is at work within you, who you are fuels what you do. Who you are fuels what you do. And the opportunity that we all have is to take time to spend in our relationship with God to abide, to remain connected, to take an intentional uh, time, to make intentional time, to take intentional time every day to be with God, right? So that we must stop being busy and just be for a moment, right? This is not the social norm, right? Still in quiet today really, really speak volumes. And when you're still in quiet today, that sometimes correlates to lazy and unproductive. Why aren't you being busy like me is what Martha would say, right? And just because you're still in quiet doesn't mean you're lazy and unproductive. So that lie that you tell yourself or that other people say, that's false, okay? And what rules today is economics. We need money and materials, and we base everything off of money and material, right? And that takes time. That takes time. And that means we best get busy and just stay busy and get distracted uh, because nobody has time to relax. Nobody has time to be reverent and nobody has time to be willing, right? And willing is what we're talking about today. And what ruled a long time ago, before technology, media, and all this thing, what ruled a long time ago was reliance on God. We needed God. And being quiet and still meant you were in relationship with the one who made you. That's what it meant. And so today, if there's a big question, where is your focus? Is your focus on what to do, or is your focus on who to be? Remember, God says you're a human being. And so when you're intentional to connect to who you are, God will show up how you need him to, not how you want it to be, right? But you must be intentional. Some of us are afraid of that intentionality, right? 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives you that. He's going to give you that. Our God is going to give you everything that you need. The message translation of 2 Thessalonians 1-2 says, Our God gives you everything you need, and he makes you everything that you are to be. To be. So what you need to see is that all that you're after happens in his timing with your cooperation. It's your abiding in him. Your cooperating is your remaining right? It's your relationship. It's your trust in him. God wants to construct who we are before he tells us what to do. 
And so many times we get that backwards thing. Well, if I do, 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 I'll gain this reputation. I'll get all of this and that'll happen. But God wants to construct who we are before he tells us what to do. In other words, God, in other words, God is more concerned with your being. God is more concerned with your being than he is with your doing. And so one of the reasons that you might feel stuck spiritually if you're in this place is because you're busy. You're busy like Martha. You've forgotten uh, or overlooked and you wonder why God's not moving your behalf. I'm doing all this stuff and I'm monitoring. I'm, I'm, being, I'm doing the right things. I'm saying the right things. I'm producing the right behavior, but it's disconnected from God. Why is God not moving on my behalf? And he's patiently waiting on you to let go of all of that and to be with him. Because your service to Jesus is fueled from your relationship with Jesus. It's not what you do for him. It's who he is to you. And it's really who he is through you that makes a difference. Think about Martha. We go back to Luke 38. We're not too busy. We're not too busy. We're just paying attention to things that don't really matter. We're just paying attention to things. We're just distracted. We're just really distracted. Things that do not change the outcome of our life are stealing from us. They take your time. They take your time. They take your money, right? They steal your relationships. And so in your current season, how can you identify what has been or what is stealing your time? This is question two. It's probably something you should highlight. So Matthew 16, 26 says, What will it benefit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? A lot of people are trading their heart and their soul, right? Their spirit and their soul for stuff or status, and it's costing them their life. It's costing their life. Everything, everything in your life works on exchange. It's Matthew 16's reference. The whole world, everything you want is going to cost you something. Losing your life is losing your time. That's busy. That's distracted. That's doing. So what I hope you see today is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 24, right after my all-time favorite verse, right? Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your word because it is Him you are serving. Go as believers. We go as believers. It's not, well, one day it is I am. It is I am because he is, right? And so it's about Jesus, not a job. So let today be the day that you get real about this. Let today be the real day you go, oh, wow. Wow, I need to open my hands a little bit. I need to let God. There's a song, an old Christian song, let go and let God. That's really what we have to do. If you're ever going to be who God intended you to be, you can't be distracted with what you feel you have to do. So you have to get to the place that Martha got to when Jesus humbled her. Remember the challenge is, if something is off, if something's off, something's not right, instead of trying to cover or justify, just be honest. Be honest, get real, humble yourself, and get it corrected so God doesn't have to, right? That's called character. And so you've got to get to that place. I was reading in Daniel earlier this week. And if you're not familiar with the story, I apologize. But in short, Daniel had prayed to God for something and it wasn't being answered. It wasn't being answered. And in Daniel 10, 2, 10, 12, sorry, an angel came to him and said, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Oh, so all that frustration I'm feeling, so all of that lack, all of that shame, all of that guilt, 
all of that not good enough, all of that I'm feeling, you knew about, you got. And if you would say that today that I'm, I'm so busy or I'm distracted or I was so busy and I know it's too much. I know everything I'm doing is too much, but I don't know how to stop. I just want to give you permission. You can. You can. You don't have to push, drive, or accomplish anything to receive God's love or acceptance of you. Nothing that you will ever do will make God love you more than he loves you right now in this moment. God loves you infinitely. And so you can't do anything to earn his love because he already did it for you. It's a grace gift. And so you can only accept it. It's already yours. It's already been accomplished. You already have it. So when you accept this and believe who you were made to be, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. So how do we do this? I'll close with this. How do we do this? We must be willing. The title of this message is One Way to Be Willing, right? Let's look how willing Mary was in verse 39. It says, Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Everything disappeared. One thing mattered. In verse 42, Jesus tells Martha, there's really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and so it won't be taken away from her. When we discover true willingness, we find that our flow is harmonious and that it won't be taken away from us. So what does it mean to be willing? How, do I, how am I to be willing in my relationship with God, in my time with God? How do I open my hands? It has to be God's will instead of your way. And when you realize that, that when you abide and you're connected and you're walking the same steps together, you're going together, man, there's synergy in that, right? And so then we're going to be eager to be willing. We have to be eager and we have to be prepared, right? We have to be eager, which means eager is like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And prepared. I've had, I've got the word in my heart. So when God speaks, I can hear it, right? Why do we do this? It's 2 Corinthians 8, 12. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and according to what you have, not what you don't. This is why giving is so important, right? When you give from the heart, when you are eager to give and you give from the heart, that changes you. That's transformation in you, right? But to give from abundance doesn't really change. Well, I've got this, so I, let's just do that instead. That doesn't change anything. It's just what you had at that moment, right? Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly, right? And according to what you have, not what you don't. Also in Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Man, goodness, willing and obedient. Open hands, Lord, whatever you, hey, your will be done, Lord. So how do we do this? How do we do this? I'm gonna come into my time with God with the right attitude. Not choosing, not choosing what I will or won't do. Well, if God says that, I'm definitely not doing that. I'll never do that again. I will never be there. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. Don't do that, okay? Just trust me, don't do that. You can't come into your time with God choosing what you will or won't do before there's ever a word spoken to you. Other words, you, otherwise you won't hear the word, right? So come with the purpose of doing anything that God has for you because God is only ever going to ask you to go with who you are, to go with what you have, right? He's never gonna ask you or demand something from you that you don't have or ask you to give something that you can't give, right? So your next step is Psalms 119.5. It says, let your ways be committed, directed, 
and established to keeping His will. The only way that happens is if we're willing. So let your actions and your words match His. Seek His will for your life, which is Matthew 6, 9-13. It's the Lord's Prayer, right? And so then my action step today is how can I lead this? I'm going to be an example. How can I be an example of what it means to be willing, be eager, and be prepared? Have the word in your heart. Father, I love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share this word today. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to those who eagerly follow you, Lord, who have an ear to hear, Lord. Let them hear, Lord. Let lives be changed. Thank you for the seeds sown today, for what it means to stand by you, to remain in you, to walk with you, to be in relationship with you, Lord. Help us to grow deeper, not wider. It's not about what is seen, Lord. It's about what is inside of us, Lord. You judge us by our heart. Let our hearts grow deep. Help us to be faithful, 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 and to stay connected with you, Lord. Let us abide in you. Let us live in you as you live in us, Lord, so there will be fruit born because we gather, because we hear, because we let these words become actions in our lives because of the seeds sown into our hearts. I thank you for an amazing day amazing time together. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, next week, Stand By Me, part four. We're going to talk about one way to be expectant. So we've talked about relaxing and being reverent. Today, we talked about being willing. Now, how can I be expectant in that time with God as I go with God? How can I be expectant? If you support us financially, thank you so much. It means more than you know. Now, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and relation to the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened today so that you would know what his hope, his calling, and his purpose are for you and the great things he has in store for you. Go have a great week. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public servicemen and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. And so go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreetofine.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.